Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Woo! Good morning, good morning, Church for All Nations. My name is Pastor Ashley Wilkerson, and my handsome husband, Pastor JF, and I get to co-pastor this amazing group of people together. And so it is our honor, honor, honor. And we're so happy that you're here. Wherever you are on this spiritual journey, we're all on a journey. Amen. We're thrilled that you're here. We hope you feel the love and know that you are welcome. This is a safe place for you. Amen. And I am so excited today that we are starting this new series entitled Heroes of the Faith. Heroes of the Faith. And this entire series is birthed out of a passage in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, I want to encourage you, we're not going to read that passage today, but go home tonight if you're one of those truly holy people that are note takers. Amen. There's three of you. If you're a note taker, write down Hebrews 11, go home tonight. It will take you all of four minutes to read it in its entirety. It is worth it. The author of Hebrews, most theologians assume that it's Paul, writes about faith, but then goes through a list, a list of those champions of the faith, those that really did it well, those that did it remarkably right? Notably. And he starts with Adam and Eve's son, Abel. And he goes down through Enoch and then Noah and then Abraham and Sarah, on and on and on, and has an entire list. It's beautiful. But what I love about that passage is that he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop there at all. And actually, it pours into Hebrews 12, which is where we are going to pick up today. So if you have your Bibles, the physical Bible or your Bible app, or it will be up on the screens, that's where we're going to start today. But I want to make sure, just in case you're new to this Bible thing, that you understand that in the original manuscript, the Bible didn't have chapter numbers and verse numbers. Right? We added that. We added that for the ease of looking up scriptures and sharing passages, right? So when there's a grouping, when there's a grouping in a letter or a book, we understand that it's a fluid thought. So keep that in mind because the author here has listed all of these champions, these giants of the faith, and then he goes into... Hebrews 12, verse 1. The scripture says, therefore, maybe you want to pause and underline that. Because anywhere, especially in scripture, where you see the word therefore, you want to pause and look before it so that you can see what it's there for. Come on, that's some teacher humor. That's good stuff. (laughs) Therefore, meaning now that we know that there's all of these giants, these champions of the faith, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, well, wait, what witnesses? Is he talking about you and me? 
No. The great cloud of witnesses, the champions of the faith, the heroes that we just read about. Since we're surrounded by them, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. I don't want you to miss this because there's been a long time that I have studied this passage that I did miss this. In fact, I've heard it taught all kinds of ways, and I didn't fully grasp this idea that Paul is presenting here that we are surrounded with a type of heavenly grandstand. What he's presenting is that all of these heroes of the faith, these champions, are surrounding us like a cloud and perhaps watching us as we run this race. And I would venture to guess if they're watching us, then Perhaps our loved ones that have gone before us, they are watching us too. And I love that Paul says, since they are watching us as from a grandstand, cheering us on, encouraging us, then let's just throw off all the stuff that's hindering us and let's run harder. Let's run faster. Let's run with more perseverance, right? This race that the Lord has put before us. How many athletes do we have out there? Who will admit that this Sunday morning? No one. Incredible. Well, I admittedly am not necessarily an athlete, but I do understand that when you play sports or really anything for that matter, and you have people cheering you on, it makes a difference, right? It makes a huge difference. And in fact, if you've heard me teach for any length of time here, you know that I'm a daddy's girl. My dad is my hero to this day. And even though I wasn't and am not necessarily an athlete, I did play sports in high school, okay? Yes, I was the captain of the debate team. Shocker. And literary and drama. Another huge surprise, I'm sure. But I played softball, third base. What's up? I, I, I can't brag too much because I did break my nose with a line drive to the face in practice. So, so yeah, clearly my skills weren't that great. But I was there. Amen? Yes, that's right. But my dad, who commuted one hour each way out of town to work, couldn't necessarily make it to all of my games. But when he could, it made a difference. When my dad was in those stands cheering me on, man, there was something about having my hero there cheering for me, rooting for me. But as I was reading this this week, I remembered what it was like to hear my dad because he's loud like I am. <laughs> he's loud so I could hear his voice anytime he was cheering me on, anytime he was encouraging me. But how many of you know when you have a lot of people cheering at the same time, you can hear them, but you can't really necessarily tell what they're saying, right? So that's what we're going to do in this series. We are going to pretend 
that we can take a hero of the faith out from those grandstands. And just as my dad used to do when we would go on tournaments, since I couldn't hear him while he's yelling out to me the things, the coaching things, the encouragement, when we were between games, he'd walk down out of those stands and he'd take my arm and he'd say, okay, baby, here's what you got to do. You, you need to make sure that your stance is shifted a little bit, right? You got to get your elbow up. Make sure that your glove is ready, right? And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a hero of the faith each week out of those grandstands. And we're going to imagine what they would teach us from their amazing life of faith so that we run harder, right? So that we cast off this sin that easily entangles us and that we run with perseverance the race that the Lord has put before us. And that's what this series is about, this Heroes of Faith series. Each week, we're going to get coaching from a different hero that's cheering for us from the stands. Amen? But I'm excited about this week, especially, because we are starting with the unlikeliest of heroes. The unlikeliest of heroes. And in fact, this entire series was birthed out of a dream that the Lord gave me about seven weeks ago. I woke up, and you can ask Pastor JF. I walked in and sat down with him to have breakfast one morning, and I said, man, the Lord just wrecked me. He said, what's going on? And I said, he just gave me this entire vision about Samson and what he wants to tell our people. And I said, I, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be this. And so we started seeking the Lord about it together. And the, the entirety of this series came out of that dream. But what's so cool about it is that the Holy Spirit told me specifically that there would be someone sitting here today. And the reason we're starting with Samson is because when you saw that bumper and you saw the word hero, immediately you thought, I can't relate to that at all. Hero? And then what compiled on top of that, we added the word faith. And you went, I don't know anything about that. Gosh, this series couldn't be more irrelevant to me. And you know what? I think if Samson was here, he'd tell you he felt the same way. And yet, he's listed in Hebrews 11 in the hall of fame of faith. And so today... We're going to look at Samson's life. We're going to pull him out of the heavenly grandstand, and he's going to walk with us. And we're going to hear from him just a few coaching points about how we can run our race a little bit harder with more perseverance, with more encouragement. In case you don't know Samson's story, Samson was a judge and Samson was born with an anointing on his life, an anointing of strength and power to lead. 
And Samson had some issues. In fact, Samson got more things wrong than he got right. Anybody know what that's like? Amen. Yes, I sure do. Samson dealt with lots of relationship stuff. <laughs> lots of deceit, lies, lust, entanglement. In fact, he got mixed up with a lady named Delilah. Maybe you've heard of Samson and Delilah, right? He gets mixed up with her, caught up in an affair with her, and she ends up <laughs> revealing the secret to his connection with the power of God. And as a result, he gets his eyes gouged out, literally, and he is enslaved by the very people that God had called him to conquer to the point where they strap him in that slavery. They strap him to what oxen are strapped to in a grain mill. And that's where he worked for the rest of his life till he died. Sound like a hero of faith to you? Right? But today, looking at Samson's life, I think that Samson would tell you that far before his physical eyes were gouged out, that he was blind to a lot of stuff. That he was blind to a lot of things. There were things that he didn't see clearly. I think that's what he would encourage us with today. Long before his eyes were taken from him, and I'd like to think that that's part of why we come to church, right? That so many of us understand that we don't necessarily always see things very clearly. That's why we come together. We worship in community. That's why we study the word. That's why God's word is a lamp into our feet, a light into our path to help us see things more clearly. And I think that Samson would explain, you know, I was blind to so many things and I don't want you to be blind to those things. So today we're going to look at three areas that Samson was blind to that are going to encourage you in this race that we are running. The very first one that we're going to look at, I believe Samson would say, don't be blind to the power of your calling. Don't be blind to the power of your calling. Now, right now, some of you are checking out because you're thinking, she's talking to the person next to me. God doesn't have a calling on my life. No, no, I'm talking to you. Don't be blind to the power of your calling. What does that mean, calling? It means the purpose that God has for your life, the reason that you were born, the plan that God has for you. We call it a calling in the church world. That's kind of a churchy word. But all that really means is that what God is calling and drawing you to do here on earth for him, right? If you look in Judges 13, before Samson was even born, there was a calling placed on his life. An angel of the Lord came to Samson's mom and told her, verse 5, chapter 13, you will become pregnant and have a son 
whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Now, a Nazarite was a type of consecrated vow that was taken. And if you want to read about it, look at number six and go check that out tonight as well. But it was a, a list of consecrated vows that were taken for specific individuals. The scripture says he's to be dedicated to God from the womb. He will take, look at me, he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Here's what I want you to see. It was never, ever God's will or God's plan for Samson to have his eyes gouged out. Some of you have bought into this new age lie that if it happens, it must be God's will. That is not in scripture. That is not in scripture. Hear me now. It was never God's will for him to be in slavery. It was never God's will for him to have his eyes gouged out. He was called to be a leader and to conquer. And he was called from the womb, from before the womb. And my fear this morning, I woke up with it. I told Miss Linda about this heaviness I feel. I fear, yes, of course, that you won't accept the Lord as your Savior. But beyond that is that, that you'll stop there. God has so much for you, each and every one of you, before you were fashioned in your mother's womb. He had a plan for you, a very specific plan that he wants you to carry out. So a purpose, a purpose only for you. And so many are blind to it in exactly the way Samson was. And scripture talks about that. Look at Proverbs 29. Verse 18 says, where there is no vision. Now, if you have your Bibles, underline that word vision, because I've heard it taught a few, a few different ways, but in the original language, that's prophetic insight. Prophetic, what does that mean? In the future. Meaning people where there's no vision, where there's no understanding of what God's called you to, then what? People are unrestrained. Meaning they just live however. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter, matter where I go tonight. It doesn't matter how I sin. It doesn't matter who I sleep with. It doesn't matter who I marry. Why? Because they don't have vision of what God's called them to. They don't have vision of the purpose that God has for their lives. So they just live however. Do you see the difference? Some versions say, where there's no vision, people perish. Well, why does it say that? Because that's how it ends, Right? It always ends with that. The idea is that it begins with an understanding of God's calling on your life. And don't misunderstand this. Pastor JF and I live very differently because we understand what God has called us to. We live differently today than we even did 10 years ago because we have a better understanding. Every day we have a better understanding of what God is calling us to, right? We make choices and decisions based on what God is calling us to. And you are supposed to do the exact same thing. This is not reserved for people on this stage or people that hold a microphone or clergy or ministry. Your life is to represent the exact same thing. You have purpose. 
The decisions you make every day have purpose. Who you marry has purpose. It matters where you work. It matters how you talk. It matters what you do. So that God will love me? No, of course not. He loves you 100%. It matters because he has purpose for your life. Don't be blind to your calling. And that's why we're going to be launching Growth Track in the fall. And it's just a four-week class that we'll have every single Sunday. And you can jump in and jump out and, and make sure you hit all four weeks, even if it takes you six months to do it. And this is something that we believe, we know, is going to help you discover your calling and your purpose. Because we know that we know that we know that it matters. And we know that every single one of you has that inside of you. Amen? Don't be blind to the power of your calling. The second area that I believe Samson would coach you in if he were here with us today is knowing the power of your choices. But you know what? We're going to go with this play on words because you know how I like alliterations, okay? So don't be blind to the power of your calling and don't be blind to the power of your calls. It's your call, baby. It's your call. Don't be blind to the power of your calling and don't be blind to the power of your free will, your choices. It is your call. Yesterday was uh, our youngest, Fulton. He's five years old and his birthday is on Wednesday, but we... <laughs> His two little best friends, the families were both kind of traveling, and yesterday was the only day where both were in town, and so we did a kind of impromptu little party for him yesterday afternoon. Power Rangers! Anyway, that's what he's into right now. Pray for me. <laughs> and Michelle Martin, who is our incredible children's pastor, kids director, and Kids Nation, she is just a superstar. If you don't know her, get to know her. She's incredible. And and by the way, here's my shameless plug. Kids Nation, Kids Nation Junior, those two things are the most important things that we do here at Church for All Nations, period. You can clap or not clap, it's true. Two most important things, Student Nation's next. And we need you. And all it would take is one service every six months. One service, not even both services. One service every six months. If you would be willing to serve, we would never want for volunteers. So sign up today. Okay, back to Michelle. Amen. <laughs> so Michelle has a one and a half year old. We call him Hazy, he's adorable. And part of their parting gifts that me being the amazing birthday party host gave to all the kids is uh, the fabulous, ever so expensive Dollar Tree helium balloon. Woo! Hey, helium's like a commodity now, you know? Uh, and so all the kids are leaving with their helium balloons, which are like gold. And Hazy 
has his, and Michelle, being this super mom that she is, has already fashioned this slip knot bracelet to where when the balloon goes up, it like tightens, and so the balloon will never leave his wrist, but it doesn't, it's not like tight on it. And, and I'm kind of amazed, I, you know, she's incredible. And I'm watching how she fashioned this and she did it super fast. And, and so clearly he won't be able to lose the balloon and I, I'm a little floored. And Hazy is not having it. And I watched him in his limited language, I mean, he's only a year and a half, let her know that he did not want the balloon on his wrist, right? He wants to hold it in his hand. And I watched her in her loving mom way try to explain to him with his limited understanding, Hazy, buddy, I want you to have the balloon. I'm not trying to take the balloon from you. I love the balloon too. I want you to enjoy the balloon. Your joy is my joy, right? I don't want you to lose the balloon. If you lose the balloon, it's going to hurt you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt and you're going to cry. And if you just hold it, the balloon will fly away. So I'm making this boundary for you, right? So that you won't lose the balloon because I love you. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I'm not trying to punish you, son. I'm trying to guard your heart. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to love you. See where I'm going? And Hazy doesn't care. (laughs) No, right? I want wound. And he just wanted to hold it. And finally, in her love, she said, you know what? It's, it's, not, it's not really worth it. Take the balloon. Gotta learn, right? I love you, buddy. Here. And we see this with Samson. We see this in the, this exact story. We see him with Delilah. Here he is in this cycle again, deceit. And he's sleeping around and making all of these decisions more wrong than right. And what's interesting is Delilah is so drawn to him by the presence of God, right, in his life. And you need to know that. The second you start operating in your purpose, in even even small amounts of what God's put inside of you, even evil people will be drawn to that, right? They're attracted to that. And so you need to understand that doesn't mean they're godly. (laughs) That just means everyone is drawn to that. They're human. Human nature is drawn to God. And so Delilah is drawn and she says, I want to know the source of your power, not because she wants to know the source, right? She wants to take his power. And so we see this cycle of deceit and she keeps asking and then she's whining, oh, you're lying to me and that sort of thing. And every single time he's still in sin, he's still sleeping with her, he's still lying. He's still making these decisions, right? And yet he wakes up and the power of God is still with him. And I thought about that this week. 
over and over and over and over and over. And he wakes up in God's presence. God's power is still with him. Why? Because we serve a loving God. We serve a merciful God. We serve a God that is for you. He is for me. His heart is for us. Always. Always. And don't pretend that we haven't done that. Right? Getting in these cycles. Oh, God will forgive me. Oh, I'll just do it again. I'll do it again. It's not that big of a deal. He's forgiven me before. He'll forgive me again. And it just becomes this pattern, this cycle till we just become numb, right? Numb to his spirit's conviction, numb to his drawing, numb to his power. We just assume. And this is where we pick up here. Because this is Samson saying, no, God, I hold the balloon. I got it. I do it my way. My way. And God says, all right, buddy, your way. Judges 16, verse 19. After putting him to sleep on her lap. Hello. I'm sorry, single people, ain't no story ever starting good like that. Just so you know, okay? After putting him to sleep on her lap, she, Delilah, called for someone to shave off the seven braids of Samson's hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him before he even knew. He wasn't even aware yet. Verse 20, she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. I'm certain she talked like that. <laughs> Watch this. Don't miss this. He awoke from his sleep and thought, as you and I have before. Ah, I'll go out like every other time and shake myself free. I'll go out and the presence of God will totally still be there. I'll go out and the power of God will still be operating in my life regardless. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how I live. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to the grinding grain in prison. What's the moral here? What's the moral? Samson, who was called to be a leader from before his birth, Samson, who was called to conquer. Samson, who was called with supernatural power of God, now would live the rest of his life 
blind, imprisoned by the people he was called to conquer, and in shackles. Not because it was God's will, but because he made the calls. And because we serve a loving God that allows us to make the calls. You got to understand this this morning. You come to Church for All Nations, you will hear about the goodness of God. You will hear about how much God loves you. You will hear about his mercy. You will hear about his grace. You will hear about his perfect forgiveness. But I want you to understand the fullness of the counsel of God too. I want you to understand that you can go to heaven and spend eternity with the Lord without fulfilling your purpose here on earth. I want you to understand that while your choices here do not determine how much God loves you, it does determine how much he can use you. It determines how much of his favor can rest on your life. It determines how much of his blessing can operate through you. It determines how much of what he's called you to, you can actually live out. And that's your call. That's not his. It's your balloon. It's yours. He gave it to you. He's not going to make you tie it to your arm. It is yours to handle as you decide. Because he loves you that much. He loves you that much. Don't be blind to the power of your calling. Don't be blind to the power of your calls. And lastly, don't be blind to the power of calling to him. Don't be blind to the power of calling to him. So like we said, Here's Samson, a judge. Think about that. He was a judge. And here he is pushing that grain mill like an ox, blind, blinded. The man who used to be known for his supernatural strength, he is now enslaved by the people that he was called to conquer. And he's pushing that grain mill like an animal. And yet, look at what he does. Judges 16, verse 28. Scripture says, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me once more. Strengthen me once more. Strengthen me once more. God, remember me. Strengthen me just once more. Lord, no longer am I taking you for granted. I'm not taking your presence for granted, Lord. Strengthen me once more. And I love what scripture says because we don't serve a God that made him pay penance or work something to prove it. Scripture says that immediately the strength of God began to fill Samson. 
begin to fill Samson the presence. Why? Because you serve a heavenly father that is watching you, looking for you to call out. He wants you desperately to call out to him once more. He is the God of once more. He began to fill Samson. And then Samson feels his presence, his supernatural strength, and he begins to push those central pillars, those two pillars in the middle of that temple. And he pushes and he watches as that starts to fall. And in that moment, at the end of Samson's life, with the power of God inside of him, on him once more, Samson killed more of the enemy in that one moment than he had in the entirety of his whole life before. Why was Samson in the hall of fame of faith? Somebody needs to hear this. Why? Because God doesn't care about your beginnings. He cares about the way you finish. And somebody needs to hear that this morning. Because you feel like a failure. A failure in your business. Maybe your marriage is a failure. Maybe you've had a moral failing. Maybe your family's fallen apart. And he wants you to understand that there is no failure that is final as long as you serve a once more God. No failure is final with a once more God. It won't be on the screens, but the Holy Spirit reminded me, Proverbs 24, 17 says, though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Some of you think that because you fell, you're not righteous. And that's not what scripture says. It says, though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Failure is never really failure until you make it final, until you don't rise again. God is not concerned with your beginnings. He's concerned with how you finish. Bow your heads. I want to pray with you. The Holy Spirit told me this morning, that there are people here today that know that you have to be done playing around with God. A time has come to get serious with your relationship with Him. The going back and forth and living in what you know is sin and being flippant about it and it has nothing to do with whether he'll forgive you. It has nothing to do with whether he loves you. It has everything to do with the fact that you have a calling and a purpose. It has everything to do with the power that God wants to utilize in and through your life. And so right now is the time. And it is your call. 
And it will always be your call. The Holy Spirit is nudging you. Don't take that for granted. Don't take him for granted. His spirit is so precious. Right now, wherever you are, the Holy Spirit knows you better than you know yourself. Tell him. Tell him you're done playing. Tell him you're done playing. Say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. Lord, I don't want to take your presence for granted. I don't want to take your spirit for granted. Lord, I want more of you. I know you love me. I know you forgive me. I know that I was born with a purpose. I know that I was born with a calling. I know that I was born with your purpose, your plan inside of me, and that you want to utilize me for your glory and your power here and now. And Lord, I want to give my, yes, I want to spend eternity with you, but I want to give my life to you now. I want to live for you now, Lord. And so I give it to you, Lord, all those calls that are mine, my calls, I give them all to you, all my decisions, all my plans, all my desires. Now I will make them with your purpose in mind. I'll follow you. That's what that means. I'll follow you. It's about you, Lord. I'll have that abundant life, which just means bigger life, meaning a life not for me, a life for your kingdom, Lord. And that's what I want. And so I say yes to you, Lord. Yes to you. Father, I thank you, God, for what you're doing in the hearts of so many. I thank you, God, for your precious Holy Spirit. We do not take you for granted, Holy Spirit. Thank you for drawing us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we feel you. We feel your precious presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I just ask that you would give my friends that lifted their hands and even the ones that didn't boldness here today. Lord, that as we close the service in a few minutes, Lord, that you would give them boldness to connect with the people here at the front response team members, that they would truly begin to link arms so that they would have strength for this journey because you did not call us to do it alone. So Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would continue to empower Thank you for speaking, Lord. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.